Good morning, good morning, good morning. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time and God's grace is smiling upon us. How many of you all are glad to be in service one more time? Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. Certainly God is great and greatly to be praised as we prepare to celebrate and worship our God this morning in spirit and in truth. Uh, we're going to ask that if you would, if you're watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaged in one of our live chat rooms found on our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So I want you to do this favor. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline. Tag those you want to invite to your posts. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. Text this link to your network. If you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in the chat window and share this experience with others. And also, uh, if you're watching us on our various social media platforms, if you would, just uh, let us know what city and state you're watching us from. Uh, and our social media influencers are going to give you a major, major shout out. Amen. And if you want to, if you want to, if you're watching us online and you want to put a pic a picture of yourself watching us online, uh, you're more than welcome to do that because we want to celebrate all of those who are part of our virtual, virtual church. Amen. Now, I need you to do me a favor. If you're able, stand on your feet. Give the Lord the praise. He's so richly and rightfully deserved. Reverend Bernie's going to come. And he's going to lead us in our worship experience. Amen. And uh, we're going to sense and seek what the Lord will do on today. Good morning, everyone. Come on, we can do better than that. Good morning. Aren't you happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? He woke us up this morning, started us out on our way, and we've come to celebrate him. We've come to give God glory. In spite of what you're feeling, in spite of what it looks like right now, God is still in control. Can we celebrate God this morning? Can we give God praise this morning? Can we remember where the Lord has brought us from and thank God this morning? You know, for what he's done for us all week long, how he's blessed us, how he's kept us. Can we thank God this morning for all that he's doing in our lives? Amen, amen. Join in with our congregation of him, uh, the Solid Rock.
This morning is coming out Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. And it reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations, strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the son of the foreigner shall be your plowman and your vine dresser. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portions. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double, and joy and joy shall be their heirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery or burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and will make with them an everlasting covenant. 
their descendants shall be known among Gentiles and their offsprings among people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in the Lord for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as the bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden calls the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you this morning for another time to come to worship. God, we thank you, Lord, for being just that good to us. That you woke us up this morning, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us all week long, God. Lord, when we look back over some of the things that we faced this week, God, we know had it not been for you, God, Lord, that we wouldn't have been able to make it. For that, God, we want to say thank you this morning, God. Thank you, Lord, for how you kept us, God. Lord, thank you how you kept our minds stayed on you, God. Thank you, Lord, when we could have looked one way, God, we turned unto you, God. And for that, Lord, this morning, we want to say thank you, God. Thank you for giving us peace, God. Thank you for giving us joy, God. Thank you for giving us understanding, God. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us this week, God. Oh, Lord, when we look back over our life, God, and realize, God, where you brought us from, Oh, God, we can't help but to give you praise this morning. Oh, Father, we pray right now, God, Lord, that you will have your way in this service, God. We invite you to continue to suck with us, God. Allow your spirit, God, to move like never before, God. Oh, Father, we pray right now, God. Lord, we need you right now, God. Come and suck with us right now, God. Lord, come and have your way, God. Mold us, shape us, speak to our hearts, God. Remove anything that has us bound, God so that we might praise you freely, God. Oh, God, we thank you for what we know you will do in this place this morning, God. Rock us, God, with your glory, God. Oh, let your peace, God, be upon us, God. God, we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God glory? Come on, can we celebrate him this morning? It's not about us, but it's all about him. Amen, amen. You may have your seat. Lord, my 
gotta run this race. Guide my mind, Lord, while I run this race. I want you to guide my mind, Lord, while I run this race. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain. Guide my feet, Lord, while I run this race. I want you to guide my feet, Lord, while I run this race. Guide my feet, Lord, while I run this race. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain. Guide my hands, Lord, while I run this race. Guide my hand, Lord, while I run this race. I want you to guide my hand, Lord, while I run this race. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain. My friend, Lord, while I run this race, I want you to be my friend, Lord, while I run this race. Be my friend, Lord, while I run this race, because I don't want to run this race in vain. Guide my mind, Lord, while I run this race. I want you to guide my mind, Lord, while I run this race. Guide, guide my mind, Lord, while I run this race. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain. My feet, Lord, while I run this race. God, my feet, Lord, while I run this race. I want you to guide, guide my feet, Lord, while I run this race. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain Because I don't want to run this race in vain Oh, come on, let's celebrate and give our God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved Amen, 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 amen. How many of y'all are just glad to be in the service one more time? Certainly God is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. And we're certainly delighted and elated for each and every one of you that is in the house this morning to celebrate and to worship our God and to those that are watching us on Zoom as well as our various platforms. want to give you a major shout out. want to wave to you. I see you all as far as our Zoom congregation. Thank you for joining us. Amen. Um, before I give you my observation, do we have a video ready? 
Okay, I'll let you know when to play the video. But um, before I do anything as far as my observations are concerned, let me just say to St. Paul, on behalf of Pierre Cheris and me, I want to thank you all for your generosity and your kindness that you have shown to my family and me on last week during our sixth pastoral appreciation. Um, we are so, so indebted to you for your graciousness and your kindness. And um, I can't thank you all. I can't thank you all enough uh, for the cards, for the words of encouragement, for your prayers and for your gifts. Uh, we are definitely, definitely humbled uh, by that and by the love that you all have shared with us over the last six years. Uh, God has done an incredible work with you, with you over the last six years. And I'm just, I'm just so delighted to be doing life with you all uh, as we continue to uh, do wonderful work for the impact of the kingdom. So St. Paul, again, again, I love you. We love you, and we can't thank you enough for all that you all continue to do for this church and uh, the graciousness and the love and the kindness that you all have demonstrated to all my family. So, is that how, is that how you do it? All right. <laughs> yeah, my hands got all kind of crinkly, but, you know, I guess that's the heart. Yeah, that's the heart. So I want to want to share that with you all. Listen, um, several wonderful things that we have on on um, the horizon that we got coming up. First of all, on next Monday, um, which the culture calls Halloween, um, we're going to have a trunk and or treat celebration for our children in the neighborhood. And I want you to contact Reverend Bernie about donating candy. Are you taking donations funds as well to go get candy? Amen. So uh, we want to donate candy or set up a car in the parking lot to facilitate this event on Monday. And what time would that be, uh, Reverend Bernie? Six o'clock? From six to what? Six to eight. Six to eight. All right. And then also see Reverend Bernie about signing up for the new basketball season as far as our basketball league is concerned. We're in need of players and coaches, and so contact Reverend Bernie for more details. We also want to let you know that um, on today we're having Impact Worship, which is our youth and children church. And so if you have someone that's between the age of 5 to 18 and you would like to um, have them to go to Children's Church, uh, if you wouldn't mind, you can stand right now. We can send them to Children's Church. We'll make sure that one of our uh, ushers or someone will escort them and get them checked in. Do we have anyone that want to go to Children's Church today beside Pastor? <laughs> amen. Amen. All right. All right. We have a uh, thankful Thursday that's going to be coming up. And um, at this time, I want you to see what we got coming through for a thankful Thursday. Never give up your faith. Beloved, it really does not matter what the situation may be. Don't ever lose your hope. And don't ever throw in the towel. Because God knew about your facts.
before you ever had to face them. But I dare you to put your faith in the Lord. Jesus waiting on God to flip some stuff in your life. Don't fool me now. But if you are here and you're waiting on the Lord and you're waiting on God for a miracle, stand to your feet and lift up your hands. If you're here tonight and you're waiting on God to flip some stuff around in your life, I dare you to lift up your some of God's most gifted preachers that are going to bless us for Thankful Thursday. Uh, Dr. Adolph has been here before, but for many of y'all, you probably have never heard of Tellus Chapman nor Tolan Morgan. But trust me, if you show up or you check in online, you will never forget them. They are some of God's most gifted preachers in this country. And we're blessed that they're taking time out of their schedule to share with us as far as Thankful Thursday is concerned. As a matter of fact, Dr. Chapman is going to be running for president of our National Baptist Convention, and, um, and he's going to be here to share with us on the first Thursday, John Adolph the second Thursday, and Tolan Morgan the third Thursday. You're going to be blessed, especially if you're in the house, to hear these preachers in person, but if you can't come, you can join us as far as our virtual platforms are concerned. Now, what I want to do is I want to um, give an opportunity for a moment or a time of fellowship and dinner. And so what we're going to do is for those Thankful Thursday services, we're going to um, have a dinner here at the church from 5 to 6.30. Simple meal uh, so that if you want to come to church, you can come to church, grab a bite to eat, fellowship with people in the Ray of Hope. And with that fellowship, we're asking that you will observe COVID protocols in the sense of wearing your mask uh, before and after you eat. So uh, we're going to do a meal. And if you're uh, going to participate as far as a meal is concerned, um, we want you to come between 5 and 630. We're going to cut off the meal at 630 um, so that we can get ready to transition as far as worship is concerned on 7 o'clock. And it is my intention 
that we start at 7. I get the preacher up between 7.20, 7.30, so we can get you all out no later than 8.30 uh, so you can get home because we know that for many of you all, you got to go to work as well as children having to go to school. So join us in person. We want this to be a meaningful worship experience. We're also going to have testimonies from various disciples about what the Lord has done for them as far as their lives are concerned and what they have to be thankful for. So that's how we're going to flow on Thankful Thursday. And uh, it's going to allow for a time of fellowship as well as food. And also just want to remind you that we're going to be on Bible study hiatus until December the 1st uh, because of um, the state convention this week in Wilmington, as well as Thankful Thursday services um, that will be taking place. Amen. Uh, as we move forward, as far as the rest of this worship experience is concerned, um, let me just share with you all that, of course, this week, uh, our state convention is meeting in Wilmington. I am so appreciative of the prayers that have been rendered for Sister Lisa Murray and me individually and collectively. I am in awe of those who were on the prayer call this past Wednesday, as far as the special prayer call for Sister Lisa Murray and me. And what a privilege. I, I wasn't able to join because I was at a church uh, doing my campaign spiel, but I did listen to the call afterwards, and I'm just so indebted to all of those who participated in that particular call, Reverend D'Angelo Dia, uh, Deacon Ethelene Powell, uh, Brother uh, Anthony Brown, um, I'm trying to think it was someone else that was on that prayer call that led. Yeah, Sister Ida Dunstan, Sister Ida Dunstan. Um, I felt those prayers uh, way after the fact, and um, uh, we're greatly appreciative. And I just want to let you all know that we have run a good race. It is in the hand of the people to decide what they want as far as their future is concerned. Um, and, and I put forth the best effort that I can. So we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Voting will take place from noon to 5. St. Paul, we've already voted because we did mail-in ballots. Uh, but continue to pray for us as we make this mad dash toward the finish line. Um, I can say, without hesitation, without hesitation or mental reservation, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to be okay. Um, um, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to be okay. And the reason I'm going to be okay is because um, being president does not define my identity or my personhood. Um, and when you know that, and, and let me say, when, when you know that you can really tell the truth about some stuff, uh, when, when, when you're not trying to just do stuff just for the sake of getting votes, but you really want to see transformation take place, um, you can speak the truth about some things. So, so um, uh, I tell the convention and I tell people who, are, who want to support us that if you want change, we have a wonderful platform where that change can come into existence. Um, but if not, uh, then the people have spoken and we would govern ourselves accordingly. The unfortunate reality, though, is what I have found out about politics, uh, be it church politics, political politics, I mean, secular politics, is that folks can be very interesting. And, um, um, yeah, folks can be very interesting. 
And I've seen some wonderful people as I've traveled uh, across this state who have been very kind and gracious. But then I've been as pastor and as a candidate, I have really been kind of disappointed in how some people have reacted. Because God knows being president of the, of the General Baptist State Convention has nothing to do with my salvation. And it has nothing to do with my eternal life. And God knows it has no bearing on whether or not I stay married to Peer or remain the pastor of the St. Paul Baptist Church or remain the daddy of Cheris. Uh, if, if it impacted any of that, then I would be concerned. But my God, win, lose, or draw, that does not have any impact on those uh, particular relationships that, that, that I am a part of. So that's why I can do what I do and hold my head high. Uh, but I will admit that I did not get in this race to lose. Uh, I want to see it through to the end. And we're going to see what the Lord will do. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for your prayers, your love, your words of encouragement. And uh, we're just going to see what the Lord will do as far as that's concerned. So we're getting ready to go into prayer. We're getting ready to go into prayer, and there are several prayer concerns that we want to bring before you as far as our time together is concerned. Uh, we want to lift up the family of Camille Chapman, who is the great niece of Ivy Jackson. Those services were held Friday at Roseboro Mortuary uh, here in Charlotte. We want to lift up the family of Barbara Neely, the sister of disciple Edith Boyd. Uh, those services were held on Thursday in Salisbury, North Carolina. So we continue to lift them in prayer. As far as those who are hospitalized, having surgery, or dealing with uh, a weighty illness, we continue to lift up Brother Walter Fletcher, Noah uh, McNinch, uh, Yvonne Pettis, Gerald Stevenson, Patricia Young, Ronald Watson, William Wiley, Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond, and Lady Thomasina Drummond. And there will be other names that are scrolling up and down our list as far as prayer concerns uh, that are listed. And we know that God can do anything but fail. And we, we don't pray to an empty universe. We pray to a God, to the God, who can and will answer prayer. And so Reverend Bernie is going to come and he's going to uh, take us to the throne of grace. But I want you to, if you have a prayer concern... Just do me this favor. I want to do something a little different. Verbalize your prayer concern right now like we do on the prayer call. Verbalize your prayer concern uh, at this time. You can do that at this time. Go ahead. I hear you. Go ahead. But the Lord hears you even more. That's it. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we are grateful to call upon you this morning, God. God, we're grateful, God, because, Lord, we know, God, that you're able to do anything but fail. So, Father, we ask, we pray right now, God, we stand in the gap for those disciples, God, that are experiencing bereavement right now, God. Oh, Father, we pray, God, that you will continue to dispatch your angels, God. Provide comfort to them, God. Remind them, God, even in the midst of grief, Lord, you have not left them. Oh, Father, we pray, God, for them right now. We pray, God, that you will lift up their heads, God. 
that they will look to you, God, knowing, God, that you can sustain them, God. God, you can keep them, God, in the midst of their sorrow. Oh, Father, we pray for those in the hospitals, God. God, we pray, God, those that are sick, God. We pray, Lord, that you would touch them, God. Move, God. Let them know, God, that you still have healing in your hands, God. Oh, God, we pray, God. We pray, God, for their families, God. Help them to show love, God. Help them to show compassion, God. Help them to be there in their time of need, God. We pray, God, that you would touch right now, God. Touch minds, God. Touch heart, God. Move by your power, God, like only you can. Oh, God, we thank you for what we know you would do. We thank you, God, for how you would bring them through, God. We thank you, God, how you're confident in the spirit right now, God. Oh, Father, we pray right now, God. God, continue to lift them up, God. Raise them up, God. Lord, do it for your glory, God, and not their story, God. Oh, God, we pray, God, that your spirit continue to be with them. But, Lord, also, God, on this week, God, you know the task before. We pray, God, for your shakening of this convention, God. We pray right now, God, God, that you will move the hearts of your people, God. Let them see you, God, and let them get away from the ritual, God. We pray, God, for Dr. Scott. We pray, God, for Lisa Murray, God. Oh, God, we pray, God, God, that you will move, God. God, you know what the hearts and desires, God. You know what they want to see happen in this convention, God. And Father, we pray right now, God. Begin to touch hearts, God. Begin to shake spirits, God. Continue, God, to let the people know, God, that you're moving, God. That you're trying to do different things, God. That you're trying to build up this convention, God. Oh, God, we pray, God, for them. God, continue to put the right people around them, even on this week, God. God, that will speak life in their situations, God. God, that will encourage their hearts, God. God, that let them know, God, that you're still doing what you do, God. What you do best, God. We thank you, Lord, for what we know you're going to do, God. Continue to bless this church, God. Continue to move in our lives. Continue to shape us, God, to be who you called us to be in such a time as this. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. For what we know, we give you glory this morning, God. For what we know, God, we give you glory. We shout hallelujah. God, we praise you. Knowing, God, that you still have all power in your hand, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you believe that God is answering your prayer, can you give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved? Come on, I need some folks that know how to give God an anticipatory praise that you know your prayer is being answered. Healing is on the way. Deliverance is on the way. Mercy is on the way. Grace is on the way. Power is on the way. Enlightenment is on the way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Reverend Bernie. I, your prayer has given me a wonderful peace. Thank you so much for that prayer. Thank you so much for that prayer. Thank you so much for that prayer. Well, beloved, it is time for us to give. Amen. It is time for us to give. And um, as we prepare to give, as we prepare to give, uh, before we give, let me, I just want to give a, a thank you, give a major thank you all for your prayers for, I got a good friend, he's like a brother to me, Brother Baron Johnson, he is in St. Louis, and uh, Brother Baron Johnson has been in the hospital today, 79 days, 
79 days, 79 days. A few weeks, well not a few weeks, but a few days ago, probably about 10 days ago now, he had a heart and liver transplant on the same day. A heart and liver transplant on the same day. Let me say that one more time. A heart and liver transplant. Do, do y'all know what a transplant is? Okay, a heart and liver transplant on the same day. When I talked to him yesterday, he sounded like a 25-year-old, strong and vibrant. And he tunes in to us and he's heard us call out his name in prayer. And I want to thank those that have taken up that prayer vigil with us. And he is doing remarkably well, no rejection. Uh, his blood levels and um, internal levels are, are well. And we know that the doctors did surgery, but we give God the glory because that's where it all belongs. Amen. So um, thank you, St. Paul. Thank you, St. Paul. Now, we're getting ready to receive the Lord's offering. But before we do that, on today, on today, I want to close this Charlotte Rescue Mission gap. This is where we are. We've raised... $47,613 toward a $50,000 goal, toward a $50,000 goal. And so basically what we need to raise is, somebody get a calculator out. Type in 50,000 minus 47,613 and give me the number. Huh? 2380 $2300 I about to say $23,000 <laughs> $2300 so we need to raise another $2300 and we can cut them a check be a blessing to them and help people who are dealing with addictions either alcoholism or or um drug addiction um and they have claimed us as a partner and we know people who have gone through Charlotte Rescue Mission. St. Paul, this is home mission for us. This is frontline work for us. And we're, we're being a blessing to an organization that is doing great work. We're sowing into great now. So I want to close that gap today. I believe that we got $2,300. Is this mic on? Amen. I, I, in fact, I know somebody can write a check for $2,300. Amen. It ain't mean, but I know somebody who can write a check. Amen. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give uh, toward this effort, but I know somebody can write a check for $2,300. So listen, whatever we raise, whatever we raise, even if it goes over the $50,000, it all is going to the Charlotte Rescue Mission. And so uh, if we meet that goal today, this will be the last time I ask you all as far as that's concerned. So let's make this a work in reality. All right? Amen, 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 amen. All right, here's the deal about giving. And this is what I want to impress upon you as we prepare to receive the Lord's offering. That as you give, you're sowing seed. And if you sow little seed, you reap little harvest. You sow great seed, you reap what? A great harvest. You sow no seed, you reap no harvest. Your tithes and offerings are like seed going into good ground. And for those that give, the Lord gives back to you. I am a person 
who really believes that the Lord honors those and looks at those and blesses those who obey his word. When it comes to giving tithes and offerings, that is you engaging in obedience to what God wants you to do as far as biblical stewardship is concerned. Tithing is coming in at the bare minimum. When you give above the tithe, you're really moving into a supernatural realm as far as how the Lord desires to bless you. And so if you're practicing the discipline of tithing, we thank God for you. Uh, If you're not tithing yet, my prayer is the Lord will stretch you to the discipline of tithing and then giving offering because that's above the tithe. And then if you're not giving anything, my prayer is that the Lord will continue to mess with you until you understand you can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try. As your pastor, as your pastor, uh, I take tithe and offering seriously. My wife, we take it seriously. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. Amen? Uh, As a matter of fact, what you all don't know is that your pastor is one of the top three givers in this church. And I don't make as much money as other folks do. But one thing I have discovered is I can't be God-given no matter how hard I try. And I would never ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do. So watch this. If we really want God to do some things, because I believe that part of the blessing that God has on this house is that we are gracious and we're giving to the community. And we're being a blessing to the community. And we want to continue to be a blessing to the community. So there are three ways you can give. There are several ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. You can give as far as uh, mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can um, um, bring your check, money order, or cash to the church. Call the church office. Make sure someone is here at 704-334-5309. You can also give online through ACS or Church Life. And you can also give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks you can give. If you have a physical offering in the house, there's a basket on the outer rows on each row. And at the appropriate time, we're going to ask that you would take that basket, pass it down, and place your physical offering in at that moment. So, however you're giving at this time, would you take your offering and let's, in our right hand, if you're able, lift it to the heaven. Because we want to give God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come to you right now and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you in the act of giving. And Lord, we pray right now as we give at this moment, we're sowing in the good ground and bless us according to your word so that we can continue to be a blessing to the community, to the culture, and even to our church. Continue to show yourself strong and mighty as we carry out this act of worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ushers, let all those folks in, amen. Let's continue to have church. Let's give God praise as our brothers come and give us the sermonic selection.
Lord, whatever you're doing, let me try that one more time. Lord, whatever you're doing, Lord, whatever you're doing, don't do it without me. Can we celebrate the brothers and thank God for their gift? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, go ahead and give them praise. Go ahead and give them praise. Go ahead and give them praise. Amen. 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 Don't do it without me. Thank you, brothers. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Um, before we get started, I, I have a sister from St. Louis that's here. Uh, Minister Ruth Phillips, stand up. God bless you. We thank God for your presence. She sent me a message on Facebook saying, I'm coming to your church today. And, and, and I told her, I said, you come to St. Paul, you might get stuck here. Some wonderful people, wonderful people that are part of this church. So thank God for, for your presence uh, this morning. Um, I want to continue the series of sermons that we've been working over during my time of preaching. And uh, that is uh, from a dead religion to a living faith. And we want to focus on Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 26 through verse 29. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through verse 29. Now, the interesting thing is I preach this same pericope or section of scripture earlier in another series and um, the Lord has given me enough years of preaching uh, be 43 next month uh, of preaching that I can take a particular same pericope and flip it and come at it from a different angle and so um, um, that's what we're going to try to do today uh, if the Holy Spirit gives us anointing and unction. So, Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 26, these words are printed. Uh, it reads like this, for you all are, and I'm going I'm to replace that, you all are children of God, or heirs of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you, for as many of you as were baptized into Jesus have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I want to preach for the time that is mine uh, with your prayers and with the anointing of the Spirit. I'm sticking with Jesus. That's what I want to talk about today. I'm sticking with Jesus. And I hope that's your refrain as well. Sticking with Jesus. Sticking with Jesus. <clears throat> Beloved, Jesus is the reason we're here today. Jesus is the reason that we gather in this building, this place called the church. So that we can pay homage and tribute to God, our Father and Creator, and receive empowerment and enlightenment from God, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, 
as we thank God the Son for being our Savior and Redeemer. The triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. It is our confessing faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior who connects us to God the Creator and fills us with God the Holy Spirit so we can overcome the systems, structures, and schisms that divide us and makes us discontent. A saving faith in Christ Jesus is more than a get-out-of-hell-free card. A saving faith in Christ Jesus is more than you getting to heaven free card. When you confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, gives all of us the capacity and capability to face, fight, and even frustrate principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness of this age, and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. To know Jesus should be the central aim of life because Jesus reveals God the Father and Jesus imparts God the Holy Spirit to us. When I talk about knowing Jesus, I'm not talking about knowing data about Jesus. I'm not talking about just being able to quote information about Jesus. I'm not talking about knowing Jesus through studying him, analyzing him, critiquing him, or even arguing against him. I'm talking about knowing Jesus in such an intimate, real, and personal way until when you know him, you can't be the same. That, that, that when you really know who Jesus is, freedom will occur, reconciliation takes place, healing is realized spiritually and physically, sins are forgiven, mercy is demonstrated, and grace is empowered to your life so that you can be different, act different, look different, behave different, and so that you go through a total modification because what God will through, do through Jesus is place you on a path towards sanctification, which means you start engaging in a holy lifestyle, which means I may not be what you think I should be, but hallelujah, I ain't what I used to be. Jesus, the son of the living God, is the person we are called to follow, to emulate, and duplicate in a world that does not care about God and really does not care about other human beings. If we're honest, our city, state, nation, and even world have become more fractured with each and every day. Politics create division, where now compromise is a bad word. Inflation has raised concerns about a global recession. War between Ukraine and Russia has put the world on the edge of a possible nuclear war. China is flexing its strength over Taiwan and Hong Kong. And, and this thing called white Christian nationalism in the United States is another form of corruption of Christianity 
which is causing a whole lot of folks to look at the church with a side eye. And yet, in spite of all of that, I'm sticking with Jesus today and forever because I know what Jesus can do for us individually and collectively. In, in this culture, in this culture, Reverend Bernie, particularly Western culture, there exists an unholy trinity. And can I tell you what that unholy trinity is? That unholy trinity is racism, sexism, and classism, which has brought about division, derision, and death. Racism is still a major issue in this country in 2022. Since racism is really a new world phenomena used to justify the subjugation of Africans and slavery in the Western Hemisphere, the after effects continue to remind us of America's original sin. You do know that racism was started by the Portuguese to create division and to cause derision upon the continent of Africa. And what white folks did was take that concept and allow for it to be injected in their cultural vein until all of Europe became infected with the disease called racism. And it was W.E.B. Du Bois in his book, The Soul of Black Folks, who said the problem of the 20th century would be the problem of the color line. And I have to admit, Brother Du Bois, uh, not only is it uh, the problem of the 20th century, it's still the problem of the 21st century because we're still dealing with the stigma of being black in America. And unfortunately, every time certain folks see us, uh, they always come up with a stereotype that does not fit us. Now, I ain't talking about all white folks, but it's enough of this that have created such a, 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 a such a stigma that causes us to have to always be on guard when we are around them because we don't know what kind of bag they're going to come out of. And then not only do we have to deal with racism, but we also have to deal with classism. And this issue of classism, particularly in the United States, uh, has created the have and the have-nots. The middle class, whether you realize it or not, is disappearing at an alarming rate. As a matter of fact, many of us, if we're honest, uh, we really fall into the category of the have-nots. The gap between the 1% who is obscenely rich and the very poor is very wide. Wages for the working poor and the middle class has not kept up with productivity since 1980. Inflation is at the highest rate it's been in 40 years. And interestingly, there are certain folks who want to blame that on Joe Biden. But if you're honest, it has been coming since the days of Trump. Gas prices are still relatively high, and our veterans who fought in our wars still do not get the proper care medically, socially, or economically, especially if they are disabled, mentally challenged, or homeless. And speaking of homelessness, the United States of America, which folks think is the richest country in the world, still has the highest rate of homelessness for industrialized countries on the planet. So we got racism and we got classism, but oh, 
this is the one we ain't gonna like. We still got sexism. And sexism has impacted the church in an amazing and an incredible way until we disregard the gifts of the sisters who are in our spaces at this time. The battle of the sexes have been going on ever since Adam blamed Eve in the Garden of Eden. In the beginning, God created, watch this, male and female in God's image and God's likeness, which means that both male and female, man and woman, are created in the likeness and the image of God, which means that sisters, you too have the image of God in your being. And uh, regardless of what uh, Peter has said about the woman being the weaker sex, uh, you ain't the weaker sex. Why? Because you got the image of God in you. Now when that snake started talking to Eve and persuaded Eve to persuade her husband to eat of the fruit, the Bible does not say when Eve ate of the fruit their eyes were open, but the Bible says that when Adam ate of the fruit, their eyes were open. So stop going around blaming Eve for the sin in the world. If Adam had held his ground, maybe we wouldn't be in the hell we're in right now. Sin, sin, sin always leads to disordering and disobedience. Sin always leads to us not being what God originally intended for us to be. And since we have been dealing with archaeopatriarchy, messy misogyny, and cantankerous chauvinism, using the Bible to justify how women ought to submit to their husbands and how the man is the head of the house. Can I do a little teaching for free? Here it is. That when you read Genesis chapter 3 you will see that in Genesis chapter 3 that part of the curse is for man to be over his wife which means that if you want to get rid of the curse and become what God originally intended for us to be if we originally become what God intended for us to be man won't be over his wife man will be with his wife and they will come together and do the work that God will have for them to do I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen and I'm tired of scripture being taken out of context culturally, interpretively, hermeneutically, and spiritually to justify the oppressions of our sisters that are in our midst. I tell you this and I'll give it to you for free. If there were no women in the church, there would be no church. However, however, I ain't preaching y'all in two weeks. I'm giving y'all all I got. However, this is not the desire that Jesus has for the kingdom. It's not what Jesus has for the church. Jesus established the church in Matthew 16 when he said that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus wanted to establish something that was beyond what he had seen during his time on earth. Because he did not like the division he saw in the temple. I'm going somewhere with this. Because when Jesus says upon this rock, I will build my church, my ecclesia, this is what blows my mind about him using that language. Jesus is a Jew. All right, okay, all right, okay. Jesus was a Jew. Jesus didn't go to church. 
Is this mic on? Jesus was a Jew. He didn't go to church. Jesus went to the temple. Jesus went to the synagogue. But Jesus does not say upon this rock, I build my temple. He does not say upon this rock, I build my synagogue. No, Jesus says that upon this rock, I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Ooh, I feel a shout coming on. Do y'all know that the word ecclesia is a Greek term, not a Hebrew term? And I want to contend, St. Paul, that Jesus uses the Greek term because he wants his church to go beyond the narrow constrictions of race, gender, and class that had impact on the temple, that kept you out of the temple if you had a certain background. Because if you were a Gentile, the farthest you could go was to the court of the Gentiles. And if you were a woman, you could only go so far into the temple. And if you had a disease, you couldn't even come into the temple. And, and, and if you were of a Jewish male, but you hadn't done certain things, you couldn't go into the temple y'all can keep your temple and your synagogue give me the church because the church has to be what God created for us to be we got to get back to our original premise and promise I'm here to give somebody a shout cue right now I'm so glad that our churches ought to be inclusive regardless of where you are on the strata of life the church is open for you now what you got to understand you can't do everything you think you big and bad enough to do in the church but it doesn't prevent you from being a part of the church because Jesus says whosoever will let him come and regardless of where you are in your station of life Jesus said I died just for you I died for you regardless whether you're heterosexual or homosexual I died just for you whether you're black white red yellow I died for you whether you're male or female I died for you whether you got some money or no money at all I died for you whether you're a PhD or no D at all I died for you whether you went to an HBCU or a PWI or no I at all. I died for you. Am I talking to anybody in here that no, had it not been for Jesus dying for you, giving up his life for you, ain't no telling where you would be right now. And I'm here to let somebody know that the safest place, the most inclusive place ought to be in the church. And I'm going to give this to you for free. Jesus says come as you are, but don't stay as you are. And I press my claim. This is what Paul, this is what Paul is trying to get church folks at Galatia to understand. Their faith in Jesus and Jesus alone is more than sufficient for them to have a relationship with God the Father. However, there was a group of Jews called the Judaizers. Somebody say Judaizers. Judaizers were those Jews who said faith in Jesus ain't enough. That unless you are circumcised, you can't really be saved. Now, there's an issue there because only men can get circumcised. So if only men can get circumcised, according to the Judaizers, their logic means that only men can be Say, so what about the women? And so Paul is saying, uh, wait, bro, uh, that circumcision stuff is for the birds. Uh, because uh, 
what Jesus wants us to understand that it ain't predicated upon your physical appearance. It is predicated upon what I'm able to do in your heart. Now, I'm getting ready to mess with some of us because there are some folks who act like Judaizers in today's culture. And they are, quote, Christian. Because there are some folks who say, you ain't saved unless you speak in tongues. Uh, there's some folks say you ain't saved unless you're able to perform miracles. Uh, some folks will say you ain't saved unless you come to church 52 Sundays out of the year. But I'm here to let you know that salvation is not predicated upon our performance or our works. Salvation ain't predicated upon your church attendance. It ain't predicated upon how much money you give. It ain't predicated upon what service you attend. You and I are saved by grace through faith in nobody but Jesus Christ. Paul wants the Galatians to understand and us to understand that faith in Christ has given them a relationship with the very best that God has to offer. Here it is, my brothers and sisters. After Jesus, it ain't nothing else. It does not get any better than Jesus Christ. God comes in the form of Jesus to offer all of us the love of God, the power of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, the person of God, the presence of God, the people of God, the sovereignty of God, the omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God, the omnipresence of God. If you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. Jesus is the very best that God has to offer. In other words, God is saying, after Jesus, I ain't got nothing else because I've given you everything I have. Somebody need to give God praise because it is based upon our faith in Jesus, not your money, not your politics, not your family background, not your church affiliation. Somebody ought to give God a, a Jesus joy shout and a hallelujah, happy, glad that Jesus is the one that makes us right with God. And it is our faith in Jesus that makes us sons and daughters of God. It's our faith in Jesus that makes us heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. I'm so glad that it's my faith and not the law that makes me acceptable to God. Anybody else glad about that? Aren't you glad about that? Can you give God praise about that? Because if that was the case, uh, none of us would be here right now. So I'm here to let somebody know, man, woman, boy, girl, if you connect with Jesus and stick with Jesus, he's the one that makes everything all right. Uh, do I have anybody that know Jesus changed everything? Jesus changed uh, your religion. Jesus changed how you pray. Jesus changed your spirituality. Jesus gave you the mysteries of God. When Jesus came into our life, he made the shift of making us being able to really, 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 really worship God in spirit and in truth. Y'all can keep yourself. Give me Jesus because if I got Jesus, I got more than enough to make it in this life. Uh, Paul wants us to know that when a person is in Christ, something has got, ooh, help me preach this thing. So, 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 something got to change. When, 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 when you and I are in Christ, for real, for real, for real, 
for real, for real, for real. You can no longer think like you used to think. Talk like you used to talk. Act like you used to act. Say what you used to say. Do what you used to do. As a matter of fact, if you cuss ten times a day in Jesus, you at least ought to be cussing eight times a day. He ought to be making a change in your life so that you get down to not cussing at all. Help me preach this thing. So y'all can do whatever you want to. I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm sticking with Jesus. And, and can, I tell, can I tell you why I'm sticking with Jesus? Here it is. I'm sticking with Jesus because my standing with God is improved greatly. Uh, uh, all right, all right, all right. Look at verse 26, 27. It starts off with these words, for in Christ Jesus. All right, okay. Let me do a little teaching. In Christ Jesus, that means there has been a change in your position and your personality. Because to be in Christ is to spiritually be in God. Now, let me, if I could, help somebody quick, fast, in a hurry. To be in Christ, sisters, does not mean that Jesus is your husband or your boyfriend. You know, you know, you know, I, I, I know I'm make somebody mad, but I promise you'll get over it. Stop going around talking about Jesus is my husband. No, he ain't. And stop going around talking about Jesus is your boyfriend. No, he ain't. Because there are certain things Jesus ain't going to do for you. You'll catch that on the way home. To be in God, to be in God means that whatever comes your way cannot defeat you when you're in Christ. There, there's, there's, a, there's a shift in your position, watch this, that is based on a preposition. All right, let me, can, can, do I have any English folks in here that know about parts of speech? In Christ is a preposition, but that preposition changes your position. So if I'm in Christ, then that means I am in power and I'm in mercy. And I'm in grace, and I'm in compassion, and I'm in strength, and I'm in forgiveness, and I'm in reconciliation. As a matter of fact, Paul says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. Being in Christ creates a shift in how we view ourselves and how we view others who are in Christ and how we view others who are out of Christ. And here is a shout for somebody right now because uh, when I'm in Christ, I'm in the safest, most secure place that I can be regardless of what the culture brings against me. Now, it basically means this, that if I'm in Christ, I can also be out of Christ. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I'm in Christ, I can be out of Christ. And I want to let somebody know it's dangerous to be out of Christ. It's, it's dangerous not to have Jesus in your life and you be in Christ. Because when you look at what it means to be in Christ versus being out of Christ, it ought to make you want to get connected to Christ. Because in Christ, uh, we got new life. 
outside of Christ, we have no life. In Christ, we're born again. Out of Christ, we're still dead. In Christ, we got two birthdays. Out of Christ, we got one birthday. In Christ, we're saved by grace. Out of Christ, we're lost due to sin. In Christ, you ought to have a new attitude. Out of Christ, you got a funky attitude. In Christ, you got eternal life. Out of Christ, you got eternal death. In Christ, you're countercultural. Out of Christ, your culture dominated. In Christ, you're going to heaven. Out of Christ, you're going to hell. Which means that when you and I are in Christ, we are children of God through faith. That means that Jews and Gentiles are now on the same level field because Jew and Gentile have the same human reality. Jew and Gentile need to be saved. Jew and Gentile have fallen short of the glory of God. Jew and Gentile are under the curse. Jew and Gentile are in bondage. Jew and Gentile need a savior. And God has only one Son, Jesus Christ, who is co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent with God the Father. The reality of sonship of God is difficult for us to process because we are accustomed to parents having children. However, God did not have Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, has always existed with God the Father. Now, it's a mystery that we can't understand, and it ain't meant to be understood. It's meant to be believed. However, God adopts you and me into the divine family when we place our faith in Jesus Christ the Son because he's the incarnation of God in the flesh. What blesses me about God adopting us into God's family is where I get my shout right now. Because according to Roman customs and Greek practices, when it comes to adoption, the adopted child is a place of significance in the family. You want to know why it's a place of significance? The adopted child has more rights than the child who was born in the family. As a matter of fact, the child who was born in the family can be put out of the wheel, but the child who is adopted into the family can't be put out of the wheel. And the reason they can't be put out of the wheel is because they were adopted. And because they were adopted basically means this, you and I are chosen. Now somebody ought to give God praise because you and I are chosen. And see, I know why some of you all can't shout because y'all don't understand what it means to be chosen but this is what I'm letting y'all know that when you are chosen by God and when you're saved for real for real God ain't gonna save you and then take it back from you no when you're saved you're saved when you're chosen you're chosen God ain't gonna choose you then unchoose you as a matter of fact I need to do a church check right now because do I have any saved folks in the, the house do I have any folks that know you are chosen in the house? Do I have anybody that know you have been forgiven in the house? Do I have anybody that has put their faith, their confidence, and their trust in none other but Jesus? And the reason I can shout and give a hallelujah dance right now is because he has chosen me. As a matter of fact, he chose me before I ever chose him. God, my time is almost up. But I got to give you something else. Because sticking with Jesus 
removes the big eyes and little U's. Uh, verse 28. Verse 28. Paul says, in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male and female. Three polar opposites that, 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 that being in Christ gets rid of. Three superior positions that society has created. Jesus says, now that's broken down in me. Jew or Greek, uh, free or slave, male and female. Because in the Jewish society, the Jewish men will go to the temple and pray a prayer like this. Oh, blessed Lord God of the universe. Watch this. Thank you for not making me a foreigner, a slave, or a woman. What kind of prayer is that? It is xenophobic, it's arrogant, and it's misogynistic, and I would dare say it's one that God does not answer. God, you ain't gonna like what I'm getting ready to say, God does not only like folks who are like you, but he likes folks who are different from you. And what blesses me is that God loves those who are downtrodden and oppressed. And hallelujah, God loves women. Look at these superior positions in the text. Male over female, man over woman, husband over wife, master over slave, white over black, rich over poor, boss over worker to the point that we can't even do life together without this dysfunctional power dynamic. That, that, that you and I can no longer see one another in the eyes of God because we're either looking up or down upon each other rather than looking at each other. But when you are in Christ, Christ says, if you're going to be in me, ain't no big eyes and ain't no little U's. Why? Because all of us are on the same level uh, at Calvary. But here's what I really love about what God wants us to understand. He wants us to understand that the problem is not our distinction. The problem is the power dynamics that we bring to our relationships and the position of privilege that we impose because of the distinction. So whether you're a man, woman, rich, poor, black, white, red, yellow, or brown, employee, employer, when you are in Christ Jesus, your power dynamic does not have any power anymore. You still are who you are, but how you relate to others have to undergo a radical shift because now you are in Christ, which basically means this. We may have different skin colors, but we have the same Jesus. We may have different stations in life, but we ought to have the same Jesus. We may have different educational levels, but we ought to have the same Jesus. We may be different ages, but we ought to have the same Jesus. We may come from different sides of the tracker, but we ought to have the same Jesus. You may be a male or a female, but you ought to have the same Jesus. In other words, rich folks ain't better than poor folks. White folks ain't superior to black folks. Educated folks shouldn't be so arrogant against the uneducated. And long-time church folks should not be dismissed of those who just got into church because all of us are in need of the same Jesus. Let me go ahead and wrap this thing up because finally, finally, sticking with Jesus makes us heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus. Verse 29, Paul said, Jesus, 
is Abraham's seed. All right. If you and I are in Jesus, if you and I belong to Jesus, then we too are Abraham's seed spiritually. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I, I know why y'all can't shout cause, 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 cause some of y'all may not know who Abraham is. And, and I don't take for granted. Uh, remember, that folks know who Abraham is. But, 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 but Father Abraham, Father Abraham, uh, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 11, uh, uh, Abraham came from an idolatrous household on their way to a place called Haran, stopped in a place called Ur and got stuck there. And they're getting stuck there. God comes and speaks to Abraham and says, get up, listen to my voice. I'm going to take you to a place and I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to give you. And back then, God did not tell Abraham where he was going, did not give him a GPS. He did not have ways. He didn't have Apple Maps, Apple Maps, nor Google Maps. He just got up and go. And because of his faith, God blessed him beyond imagination and gave him favor. Now, here's your shout cue right now. That when you and I understand that we are spiritual descendants of Abraham, that you and I are exposed to the favor of God. And because you are exposed to the favor of God, that means that you are an heir of God. And because you are an heir of God, that means you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And to be a joint heir with Jesus means this, that whatever Jesus got access to, you and I got the same access. Somebody going to get this in just a moment. And that basically gives you and me the ability to overcome any situation or circumstance that comes our way because we are joint heirs with Jesus. Which means that because I'm a joint heir with Jesus, uh, that I ought to be able to tell the devil to flee and he flees. Uh, because I'm a joint heir with Jesus, I ought to be able to lay hands on the sick uh, and they shall recover. Because I'm a joint heir with Jesus, I ought to be able to say your sins are forgiven and you ought to be able to take up your bed and walk. Because I'm a joint heir with Jesus, I ought to be able to raise those who are dead spiritually, economically, financially, academically, and yes, even physically. But I want you to know we have privilege status. And this does not happen by procreation, but it happens by regeneration. It does not happen by our goodness, but it happens by God's grace. It does not happen through our works, but it's predicated upon our faith. It does not happen through our righteousness, but it's through God's redemption. It does not happen by our morals, but it's because of God's mercy. It doesn't happen because of physical birth, but it happens because you've been born again. It doesn't happen because you give a shout, but it's because you've been saved. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I need to let somebody know as I get ready to close this sermon that if you have Jesus you got the very best that God has to offer that if you have Jesus you have the favor of God that if you have Jesus you have eternal life that if you have Jesus you can have the very best life here on earth if you have Jesus you have the very promise of God now as I close Jesus 
got his critics, but I dare you to stick with him. Some call him a prophet, sensing the resemblance between his teachings and those of past spiritual leaders. Others insist he's a madman because of his radical claims and unconventional behavior. But those who met him and got close to him had a different view of him. And I believe I'm talking to a few folks at the St. Paul Church who got real close to him and you discovered that he is God's only son. You saw he is Israel's Messiah. You saw he's the world's savior. And he became your Lord and your God. But I need to remind somebody that in today's society, it's still some folks who don't like Jesus. Some worship him intensely. Some respect him standoffishly. Some hate him passionately. Some don't respect him because they say he was a good teacher, but he wasn't the son of God. Some say he was a renegade clergyman. Some say he was a low-caste artisan. Some say he was illiterate and ignorant. But I'm here to declare to the folks at St. Paul, they can say all of that, but I know he is the son of the living God. And I came to Jesus just as I was. I was weary, worn, and sad. But I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good. But do I have anybody here at 1401 Allen Street that ain't afraid to admit Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to your life? I'm closing y'all, but I want to remind you, connect with Jesus and stick with Jesus. Why? Because he's Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Stick with Jesus because he's wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Stick with Jesus because he's bread in a starving land, water in dry places, shelter in a time of storm, bridge over troubled waters. Stick with Jesus because he's a doctor in your sick room. He's a lawyer in your courtroom. He's a friend when you're friendless. He's a mother when you're motherless. He's your father when you're fatherless. I dare you this morning to stick with Jesus because is there anybody at the St. Paul Church know he's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Is he your God? I need somebody. They ain't afraid to worship him because he's bread of heaven, resurrection and the life. He is the great door. He is the great shepherd. But I'm glad I'm sticking with Jesus because a Friday afternoon he died on an old rugged cross for your sins and my sins. He died until the sun refused to shine. He died until the earth reeled a rock like a man drunk on Sorak. He died until the Roman soldier had to admit surely this must be the son of God and they placed him down in a borrowed tomb and he stayed 
in a tomb all night Friday night, all day Saturday, all night Saturday night. But help me close this thing like a good old Baptist. Can somebody holler early? sticking with Jesus. How many of y'all sticking with Jesus? It, it. It does not get any better than Jesus. that song give me Jesus you can have all this world riches but give me Jesus yeah cause y'all know inflation makes your dollar less valuable but hallelujah with Jesus when you're going through inflation Jesus becomes even more valuable cause you'll just see in times of inflation how he's able to supply your need according to riches and glory that never loses its value I, I want to um, deacons come um, deacons come um, want to offer you all the gift the gift of salvation the gift of salvation the gift of salvation and, and I want to want to lead you in a short prayer short prayer Prayer of new life, prayer of a brand new start, prayer of forgiveness. And and uh, if this prayer is meant for you, either online or in the house, we want you to respond. Because if you're in Jesus, you have what you need. Because guess what? He's going to direct your path and get you to P1. 
people, places, and situations where you need to be to become all he has predestined or destined for you to be. So all heads bowed, and if you would, repeat after me. God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I believe he died on a cross for all my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life so I can live for you. Forgive me of my sins and help me be the person you want me to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray this prayer. Amen. Keep those heads bowed just for a moment and uh, deacons, uh, wherever you are, take note. If you're in the house right now, you prayed that prayer, you're saying, listen, I, I'm not sure where I stand with God. I'm not sure where, if I got Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I want to be sure of that. If that's you, I want you to do me this favor. Hold up your hand. If you're in the house, you're, you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and you want that relationship, would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand.